All right, we are live. Uh, I, I need to come up with a better opening than we are live. It just comes, I don't know, it, it, it's weird for the audio listeners. But anyways, we're live. Uh, I am Andrew Pasquini, Jason Aponte. We got Vish Kumar in down below. This is the Sprint Right Option podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Let's just start. Jason, how are you doing today? It's, it's been a week. Haven't talked to each other in a while. I'm good. Eight days away. You know, we're we're locked in, ready to go. Just, uh, you know, this should be a good conversation today. But, you know, I think that I'm getting to a point where I don't need to talk about who I want as the pick or who I'm. I'm not debating that anymore on Twitter. I, I'm I think, not. So don't, don't look at me anymore for that. I think we all pr- understand who the, the, the Sprint Ride Option podcast endorses. Uh, Vish, yeah. how are you doing today? I don't want, don't want to forget about you either. I'm doing really well, man. I actually lost connection for a second, so I saw that. I'm glad that you lost, you forgot about me for a second. But yeah, this is an absolute honor, huh? Uh, I mean, I I was I was excited, like wow, the invite to the Sprint Right podca- Option podcast. I've been waiting for it. This is truly a mom I made it moment for me. Vish, hey, why does everybody say that? Like we've never been on like 12 lives together and things like that. Like I, I like everybody always makes it seem like this is like the big deal, and I, I don't Here's get the it. Thing. Yeah. Here's the thing, Jason, you're missing it. The Sprint Right podcast has two hosts. We've all been on with Jason Aponte. Yeah. We've not been able to come on with a possible quarterback draft, the Andrew Pasquini, who had a wonderful pro day, wore a headband. So we got a little questions there, but uh, <laughs> we've got a really talented player here. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I my arm's a little sore right now, you know, not not to brag or anything, but you know, just got the uh, vaccine, so the 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 old cannon's a little sore. Uh, we are here. We're gonna we're gonna do some quarterback comps. Vish and Jason, they're gonna give their comparisons, however they take it. This isn't gonna be what we think they are. It, it's they're they're gonna have their own caveats to what it is. We're gonna do that in a few minutes here. Um, the Niners did some things today. Uh, they brought in Wayne Gallman and Arden Key. Uh, Gallman coming from the Giants, uh, running back. I think he played against the Niners last year, uh, if I remember correctly. I think that was after Saquon's injury, so the Niners got to see him. Uh, and then Arden Key comes from the Raiders, the edge rusher. Uh, my friend, he's a Raider fan. He texted me right away and said, Arden Key is good. You're going to like him. Uh, so that that excites me uh, because he he's one of the more negative Raider fans and doesn't have anything positive to say. So made me feel good. Uh, so, Jason, just real quick, uh, what, what are your thoughts? And then, Vish, we'll get to you. You know, you know, we talked about it before. You know, anybody who's played fantasy football knows that Wayne Gallman was very solid as far as production goes because as soon as Saquon Barkley went down, he was plug and play pretty much. And not to say that he was doing what Saquon Barkley did, but he was very productive and very solid. So this is a great move. Honestly, if you want to look at it as in where he fits on this, this offense, think about it like this. He's better than Tevin Coleman much better than Tevin Coleman. I, I just don't know if he can pass pro like him. I have to dig into that a little bit more. But this is a very solid signing when it comes to Gallman. And we know how this organization views having many running backs. So this is just another great running back to add in there who can be solid. And if he's pressing the duty, you don't feel terrible about it, which yeah. is really what you're looking for. Yeah. What, what do you think about Gallman's uh, – oh, what's the word? Wildcat ability, though. That's That's the important question for this podcast. I mean, at this point, it's really not going to be any comparison to Jet, but I don't think that's what he's going to be brought here for. So, unfortunately, <laughs> that's not fair. Um, yeah, no, it's not a fair comparison, but, you know, you got to ask the question. And, Vish, what's, what's your opinion on Arden Key? Uh, what, what do you think he's going to bring? Is he going to be like a Kerry Hyder type, or do you think he's going to have a little bit of a bigger role? I think more talented Deion Jordan. That's kind of who he is. Really long, really athletic. I remember coming out of LSU the year before, 
he had kind of a Randy Gregory situation where before the year he came out, people thought he would be a top 10 pick because he was this really loose, long-limbed athlete. And then he came into the combat and, like, I think he was, like, listed at, like, 220 pounds. He had some, like, off-the-field issues, and he still went in the third round. So this is major talent. This is so low risk, high reward, because the talent with the player is so high. And when you have Chris Kaseric, you're assuming that he could, if there's one guy that's going to get the most out of Arden Key's very, very vast uh, physical abilities, it's going to be Chris Kaseric. So from that standpoint, I, I, I thought it was a really, really nice signing because I think you shouldn't expect Arden Key to contribute, really, if he makes the team and he's a rotational player, it's a solid signing. But there is a chance where he could be a very good player for the 49ers. Yeah, and, and edge rusher is one of those positions. Like, I think somebody said, I forget who said it today, they're kind of like pitchers in baseball. I don't think you could have too many. Uh, and, and so I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners maybe take another one in the draft next week. Obviously not in the first or first few rounds, but maybe maybe a chance. Uh, but, Vish, you also made a very good point. I think both these signings are very low-risk, high-reward signings. Um, just because, I mean, even with the running back, really any running back is going to work in Shanahan's system. He's going to make it work. And a guy like Wayne Gallman, he is going to – I think he's going to flourish, especially in a rotation with uh, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. So, yeah, I, I think they're both very good signings and low risk, high reward. That That's really what it is. Uh, Jason, do you have any thoughts on Key? I know you talked about Gallman there. Any thoughts about Key before we move on? No, honestly, uh, you know, Vish hit it on the head, didn't really have to, you know, add anything else. You know, if anybody can get something out of him, it is Kaseric. So, you know, your idea with it being a Kerry Hyder-like situation, it's pretty much spot on. And I think that's what they're thinking as well, too. And, you know, rotation, rotation, making sure you have fresh legs all the time. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's not the wrong thing to do. So, like you said, you know, you can never have too many edge rushers. So. All right. So we're, we're going to move on. We're going to – I mean – I'm very happy. I'm very excited. A for this conversation, we get we get a we're gonna get some good knowledge on the five top quarterbacks in the draft. And I know from a 49ers standpoint, two of them are gonna be irrelevant, but the other three are very important. Uh, so so this is gonna be a very good learning chance for for people who want to know what these quarterbacks are, what they're like. Jason and Vish both watch an insane amount, know an insane amount of on these quarterbacks. So I'm I'm excited because I'm gonna learn some stuff too. That's why I am staying out of it, and I'm gonna let them explain what's amazing about all these quarterbacks. And I'm also very excited because this is probably one of the last times we're going to talk about quarterbacks because uh, we, we only have a couple episodes left before the draft. So, Vish, we're going to start with you um, and, and take player comp however you want. Kind of explain what you take it as and how you're comparing them. I know there's multiple ways we can compare them. So we're going to start with the the consensus number one pick uh, since there's five quarterbacks. I know the Niners aren't going to be worried about Trevor Lawrence, but to help, you know, people learn about the draft if they don't know it, they're coming to us for it. Who is your player comp? First of all, your definition of player comp and then tr- start with Trevor Lawrence. So, player comp itself I think is one of the hardest exercises to do in sports because I think there is a uniqueness to every player. I think football is the sport that we kind of really ride the player comp thing the most, and I think the toughest thing about player comps is that There might be a certain thing about someone that reminds you of somebody, but it's about explaining it. Like if you look at, let's say, the Brandon Ayuk-Odell comp from last year, like it's not a one-to-one comp, right? The comp is that we're talking about two freakish athletes who both have insanely large catch radiuses in in spite being 5'11", 6' guys. That's what we're talking about. But it's not like an exact comp in terms of exactly how they move or their fluidity. It's a little different with both players. 
So I kind of took it in the sense that, like, what does that player stylistically, what, who do they kind of remind me of? And then, um, or just physically who they kind of remind me of. I'm kind of all over the place. There's a different uh, comp for each one. It's in a different way, but I kind of just had fun with it because uh, Jason texted me yesterday and he's like, we're going to do player comps. And I was like, oh, crap. I don't even know what I would comp half these guys to. Me too. So, so um, to start off with Trevor Lawrence, to me, I, I'm going to go easy. I think the comp is just Justin Herbert from last year. Now there's differences. I think Herbert has a stronger arm. Uh, maybe. I think he's Herbert's a more pure thrower. But I think Lawrence is quicker. I think Lawrence is faster. I think Lawrence has better feet. And I think at least Herbert coming out of college, what people assumed of Herbert, I've watched a bit more Lawrence than I did Herbert. I think Lawrence is the better processor. I mean, that's what people say. I I can't be sure. I know Lawrence is a pretty good processor. I didn't watch Herbert that much coming out of college other than on live TV. And all I saw was that he had a cannon. So that's about it. I did watch him a lot with the Chargers, and he was fantastic. But I think that's the best comp. We're talking about two 6'6 guys that throw the ball really pure for 6'6 guys. I think Herbert's a bit more pure, very athletic, um, smart, uh, tough. They're, they're really everything you're looking for. I think Lawrence has better feet even in the pocket in terms of navigating tight spaces than Herbert. But, uh, again, Herbert is a more pure thrower than Lawrence in my opinion. All right, yeah, I, I like that one. That that one makes sense. I, I, I think they, you know, they, they they both feature some same traits. I was higher on Herbert than I was Tua, so I like that comp because I don't know, just just selfish reasons. Uh, Jason, what 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 are you defining player comp as? Are you are you defining him as a ceiling or what he looks like out of college? And then who's your comp for uh, Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, so each player is going to come down to what I see right now and what I think he can be. So there's some things that I see right now that doesn't necessarily mean what they're going to be, and each player will have their own explanation when we talk about it. When it comes to Trevor Lawrence, if Vish thought he was taking the easy way out, hold my beer and allow me to take the easy way out and just say that Trevor Lawrence reminds me of Andrew Luck, very much so. And what he does, what 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 happens there is more about him being able to lift the team and him being able to, you know, I, I don't think people understand that if he wasn't there, Clemson probably wouldn't be anything. And I know that's saying nothing really because, you know, everybody needs a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I think that Trevor Lawrence gets overlooked for what he did for that team in a way that Andrew Luck turned a four-win team, you know, in Indianapolis. I'm not saying he's going to be able to do that in Jacksonville. I'm just saying that he's capable of doing those things to turning them into like a 12-win team, 13-win team. So I'm going to take the super easy way out. Go ahead, Bish. Uh, I'm going to say right now, they will turn it around in Trevor Lawrence's yeah. first year. That team is actually pretty stacked. They have five picks in the in the top 100. They have two promising edge rushers in Josh Allen, Caleb on Chase on. Miles Jack just was phenomenal last year. I like C.J. Henderson's talent. D.J. Chark, if anybody's plays fantasy, go pick up D.J. Chark tomorrow. Chark He's going to break out next leagues. year. Yeah. He is an unbelievable wide receiver. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be very good next year. Yeah. Well, all right. So, I mean, that just, you know, helps my point more than anything. But what I really mean is that Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck really honestly can lift, you know, things up. And he was for a long time. You know, that that organization went from literally the bottom to a a 10, 11, 12 win team. That's what I see when I see Trevor Lawrence. I just see a little bit more mobility, but I just see a guy who's able to lift things up around him. And, you know, like I said, I'm going to take the super easy way out when it comes to Trevor Lawrence and just say Andrew Luck, because uh, that's the one that pops right into my head. But again, the 49ers have no shot at Trevor Lawrence. So I think we had a first there. That was the first time we've ever had anybody raise their hand to talk. And I, I, I like the order. I, I really appreciate he's trying to keep it smooth. I love it. Uh, Vish, you don't have to raise your hand. I'll call on you this time. 
Uh, let's go. Oh, perfect. We're going to move on from the consensus number one pick. We don't need to spend much time on Trevor Lawrence. He's not in 49er world. We're going to move on to the consensus, probably number two pick, and Zach Wilson probably going to the Jets. But, Vish, who is your comparison for uh, Zach Wilson? So Zach Wilson's a hard guy to comp because there's a lot of different people that he reminds you of. First off, I would say in terms of his play style, I see the Aaron Rodgers comparison, and that's solely the play style in terms of the off-platform ability, the fact that he often throws without his feet set, just the easy power he generates from just flipping his hips and ripping the ball, the super quick release, all the arm angles, I see it. But I don't think he's as gifted as Aaron Rodgers physically. I think his arm isn't as strong, though it's really strong. I think Aaron Rodgers hit a tier that in terms of arm strength. And then in terms of like, I think he's more explosive than Aaron Rodgers in terms of his first step. But I think Aaron Rodgers was a little more make you miss savvy, where sometimes Zach Wilson just kind of runs into hits and stuff when he runs and stuff. I think Aaron Rodgers had this kind of, especially like 2011, 2012 Aaron Rodgers, you couldn't touch him. He had a really magical way of navigating around tight spaces. I don't think Zach Wilson has that. Um, so that's the Aaron Rodgers comp. Physically, I've seen this comp before. I would like to say that um, I, I I was one of the first people to say it, but I didn't really say it to anybody or in any platform other than like private phone calls. But I think the physical best comp is Derek Carr in terms of arm talent, uh, so just just their actual ability. Though I think, again, Zach Wilson's a more explosive athlete than Derek Carr. I think the arm is about the same. Like if Aaron Rodgers is an A-plus arm, they're A-minus arms. So okay. that's where I would bring up the Derek Carr. And then, again, Derek Carr is a very quick release. Zach Wilson, very quick release. And then I'm, I'm still kind of looking for that third comp because I think there's an added element to Zach Wilson's game that I don't really know what to comp it to. But there's this explosiveness to Zach Wilson. Like as an athlete – I think part of the I think he's been kind of because Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Trey Lance are all A plus when it comes to physical attributes when you go down athleticism and everything. I think Zach Wilson's athleticism is getting underrated. Like he's a really explosive athlete and he's really twitchy and he can really move quickly. So I, I don't know the exact comp. I've seen people say Kyler, he's nowhere near that explosive. That's a different tier, but he is a very explosive athlete. I haven't decided on the comp yet, but there's one more guy in there that he's mixed up. So he's like if Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, and some other twitchy athlete had a baby, you would get Zach Wilson. Would you, with the Carr comparison, because one of the things I like about Carr is is he has pretty good mobility within the pocket. Like he, he, he always seems to know where he's at in the pocket and where to move around. Do you see that in Wilson as well, or, or is it just like more of a physical uh, comp for, for Carr to Wilson? Um, I see it a little bit with Wilson. The the thing with Wilson is that if you're being honest to God and objective, it's tough to evaluate Zach Wilson's actual ability navigating the pocket because the pocket is just vast for him. Their offense, BYU's offensive line was just destroying people. And there were other, there were other quarterbacks in this draft who also benefited from great protection, but Zach Wilson did as well. And so uh, yeah, and so it's really hard to say if he moves within the pocket as well as Carr. I think in terms of just the pure arm talent, in terms of just the strength of the arm, I feel like Derek Carr is the closest. Okay. Derek Carr has a really, really live and strong arm. It just nobody talks about it. Yeah, that, 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 that's yeah. Derek, Derek Carr is one of those quarterbacks that I feel like he gets lost in the shuffle a lot, and maybe it just has to do with the Raiders being the Raiders. Um, you know, I, I think if you put Derek Carr on 
and, and this isn't a shot at the Raiders, so like, don't, please don't come at me for it. But like, if you put them on a franchise that feels like they're more competent than giving a head coach a ten-year, a hundred million dollar deal, Derek Carr is probably a little more well known. Um, so yeah, I, I like that comparison. Uh, Jason, who do you have? Well, Zach Wilson, Andrew, I'll I'll actually do you one better, and I I will take the shot at the Raiders. First okay. of all, Derek Carr, Derek Carr is um I think he's been uh, underrated one because of his corny personality, and two because John Gruden and Mike Mayock seem to think that every year, oh, we're gonna go for Marcus Mariota, we're gonna get Kyler Murray. What the hell are you talking about? Derek Carr is a better quarterback right now than John Gruden is a head coach. I think that needs to be stated. If you're ranking the 32 quarterbacks, Derek Carr will be higher on that list than John Gruden would be if you're ranking the 32 head coaches. So Derek Carr really should be thinking about the new head coach. John Gruden shouldn't be thinking about a new quarterback. That's what I will say about that. And then I'll say one more thing because I'm fired up, and this is the Sprint Right Option podcast. It's an honor to be on. The Niners would have won a Super Bowl with Derek Carr in 2019. I haven't said that publicly. I haven't said it publicly because I don't I don't have the balls like Vish, but I don't disagree. Uh, before we get yelled at too much in the comments, uh, Jason, who's your Zach Wilson comparison? Hey, Vish. Well done, eviscerating John Gruden also, by the way. And if we wanted to throw shots at the Raiders, we didn't really have to go too far. Um, you know, recent things. Yeah, just go to their, their last tweet. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now I'm going to get yelled at. The Aaron Rodgers thing is what I was going to get ready to come here and tell you because I see it. The same motion, I see it. Same thing you're talking about. Off-platform, these throws, they're majestic. You're absolutely right, though. Zach Wilson doesn't have the arm Aaron Rodgers has. I'll tell you what I see. It's going to get me killed. I see Baker Mayfield with a better arm. And I'm talking about the way that he moves and he navigates a little bit. And, you know, And I think that that's a little bit lost as well, too. I think that just because what's happened with Baker Mayfield and because he was drafted number one has kind of taken the shine off of him and even as well as he's performed this year. But I see a lot of Zach Wilson in him and the way that he plays and his play style where, you know, the bigger plays are there. They make them. You know, he's he's much more mild-mannered than Baker. I'm not talking about those things. I just see him as the way – like. Sometimes when I look at him and I see the throws, I'm like, there's Rodgers. Like, look at that throwing motion. It's the same thing. Sometimes when I see him navigate the pocket and make moves, you know, and, and throw the ball downfield, I see Baker as well. So I see Baker with a much better arm. And I see, obviously, Baker with a higher ceiling. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to downplay Zach Wilson in any way, but that's just what I see. The Aaron Rodgers stuff is there, but it's not consistent enough for me to just straight up across the board call him baby Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. or baby Patrick Mahomes because I think that's too much. That's a little bit too far. It's not consistent enough. Right. Those throws that are there, they're nice. But J.T. O'Sullivan just did uh, one of his videos, and I think it was what I've been missing about Zach Wilson. And he showed a bunch of positive plays, but he also showed that in those positive plays, he misreads like mm-hmm. wide open reads. And, and that's something that's there as well. I'm not trying to knock him down or anything like that, but I'm just trying to tell you that every quarterback isn't perfect. So when I look at him and I see him with his athletic ability, obviously he's a better runner than Baker. We're not talking about that either. He's much faster. He's twitchier. But I just see a little bit of Baker in him with a much better arm. And then I see those Rodgers throws that you're talking about. So this one was one of the easier ones to get to. But people aren't going to like the Baker Mayfield cop because they think that that's a knock. And it's not a knock. I'm just saying that I see the way that he plays just like Baker. And he's just he's got a better arm than Baker. And we all kind of know that. Let me – let go ahead, my bad. Uh, well, well, just to touch on Jason's point, too, that they're not going to like the Baker, you know, comp. My thing is, is with these comps is, is you know, we're not, we're not saying that Zach Wilson's going to become Baker Mayfield, but just coming out of college, Zach Wilson reminds you of Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was a damn good college player. So, like, like it, I see it more as a compliment than anything else because Baker, yeah. I think Baker Mayfield won a Heisman um, or 
I think he did, right? Yeah, Baker won Heisman. Um, so, so that that's my thing. Vish, go ahead, go ahead, and say your thing. Prior to, I mean, Baker Mayfield, prior to Kyler Murray, prior to Joe Burrow, prior to Mac Jones, had the greatest statistical quarterback season we've ever seen. And then Kyler had a better season, then Joe Burrow had a better season, now Mac Jones had a better season. The one thing I will say, because, like, I, I see the Baker. The Baker thing, I don't even know what it is, because he's, like, Baker has a pretty explosive arm, too. But, like, it's just something about the two of them. I, it's the way they go about it. It's just something about them, especially Baker in Oklahoma, with that just, I think it's the confidence. But you see the Baker and the headband, and it, it really kind of slaps you in the face. The one difference I would say with Baker Mayfield, and, and the reason I went away from that comp is, so, for example, uh, the BYU offense, they run a lot of, a lot of mesh, mesh wheel. And the thing, the, the difference, I think, between Baker Mayfield and Zach Wilson is that Zach Wilson passes up a lot of middle-of-the-field crossing route throws. A lot of other people have mentioned this. A lot of people have written articles about this. But it's there on film, too. He passes up a lot of throws over the middle of the field. And the one discerning quality to me about Baker Mayfield when he came out of college was I, I don't think there's ever been as good a middle-of-the-field quarterback as Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma. And I think that's part of the reason why he went number one overall, because Philly had just won the Super Bowl with the RPO, and Baker Mayfield was the RPO king in Oklahoma. So that that, that would be the one thing that I that made me stay away. But I actually think Baker's a great comp, and I don't think it's a knock at all. Yeah, I was gonna. I was also going to add, as a headband guy myself, I like the Zach Wilson-Baker Mayfield comp. Big headband guy. We, we got we to stick together. Big headband guy. <laughs> Um, so, so there's the first two picks of the draft. So now we're going to get into the territory of, Hey, who has the third pick that, that team we talk about a lot. So these are the ones that, that we're going to dive into. I'm going to keep the people waiting because I think they're excited to hear the comp for a certain quarterback out of Ohio state. You want to leave him last? Yeah, I'm going to leave him last. We're going to make the people stay. We're going to make them listen. Uh, we're going to start with uh, North Dakota state, uh, Trey Lance, uh, Vish, who is your I can't Trey wait for Lance this one. Comparison. Yeah, I can't wait this for this is, one. This is the hardest quarterback to me to cut. Easily. Because usually, usually when you get a guy that big, right, you're immediately thinking Big Ben, right? That's that's the easy cop-out comp. But then you think Big Ben, and he's a way more fluid athlete than Big Ben. And then you usually think a guy this yoked up, you're thinking like a tighter throwing motion. But this guy is so loose and so natural. And then you're looking at his running ability. Can I comp his running ability to to um, Cam Newton? He's got the same body, all of that. And then you really can't comp him to Cam Newton because he's a way more fluid runner. He's so elusive. So I actually landed on the perfect comparison. I was really Googling it and finding it. I don't think there is really a good comparison for Trey Lance, but I think Steve McNair really, really takes the cake. I think that Steve McNair is probably the one guy I found online where I was like, oh, yeah, he does remind me of Steve McNair. And Steve McNair was a hell of a player. Uh, I think he would have been even better in this era. I think he's one of those guys where um, I just think he didn't get truly appreciated, you know. He had a co-MVP with Peyton Manning. He was a really, really good player. I think he also had, like Trey Lance, a really, really strong body, really elusive runner, really strong arm. I think that Steve Lance is probably the best comp. And someone brought up Randall Cunningham. I actually considered Randall Cunningham. The big difference to me is I just thought, one, Cunningham was just a leaner athlete, and two, I think Cunningham had a little more make you miss and was just more fluid as a runner. I actually saw, in terms of Cunningham, I saw a lot of what RG3 was early in his career. To me, the comp was Randall Cunningham for RG3. Does does Trey Lance have the punting ability of Randall Cunningham? <laughs> I mean, that was epic, yeah. 
He has like a 90 yard punt, right? It was like one of yes. those little yeah. shotgun pooch punt mm-hmm. things, and it just rolled. Uh, Jason, who is your Trey Lance comparison? You're, you're a little giddy. I see you over there. It's tough, man, honestly, because it's so easy and so lazy to say Josh Allen with less experience or say Colin Kaepernick because of how he runs. So I see a little cap. I see a little cap. But here's the comp that's really going to raise Vish Kumarin's eyebrows. Ready? I'm ready. I see Ryan Tannehill. Now, same build, same height, same body type, plus athlete, great off play action. I see somebody who, this is not me saying that Trey Lance's ceiling is Ryan Tannehill. What I'm trying to tell you is that I think Trey Lance is Ryan Tannehill, like, first-year Titans, uh, tri- uh, like Ryan Tannehill, like that. His ceiling is much higher than that. But what I see is a guy who can run just like Ryan Tannehill could because he was a plus athlete. Remember, tr- converted from wide receiver over, amazing against uh, with play action and hitting those throws down the field. I think Ryan Tannehill doesn't get enough credit for the throws that he can make. Right, you know, And look at Vicious face. Yep, absolutely. So I see all of those things. It's just so easy and so lazy right now to just say, Cat, Josh Allen, uh, you know, whoever else. For me, when I look at him, I think people get lost in the sauce that Ryan Tannehill is a giant man, just like mm-hmm. Trey Lance was. And I don't think that you guys remember all of that, right? So I, I'm not trying to say, again, that Trey Lance's ceiling is Ryan Tannehill. I'm trying to say that what his game reminds me of right now is Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee with higher rushing ability. Clearly, he's a better runner of the football. But they're both plus athletes. I see a lot of it when I watch them play. And that's not a bad comp at all for Trey Lance, especially no. day one coming into the league. Vish, talk to me. I know you're ready to that, go. That would, I actually think that's a great comp. First of all, I don't even think you should put the ceiling uh, thing on there. Ryan Tannehill is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. So if Ryan Tannehill is your ceiling, Tell you, them the list, you have a really good quarterback, okay? So that's one thing. And two, in terms of offensive fit, like, I, I totally understand why the – I mean, the Atlanta Falcons for the longest time throughout this draft process were allegedly smitten with Trey Lance. Arthur Smith runs ran an offense with the, for the past two years with two as his quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. So I think the fit is seamless. And uh, three, I think that – I think that you mentioned it. Tannehill's – I think he's just less exciting than Trey Lance because Trey Lance has a bit more juice. But honestly, I feel like, one, Tannehill's arm hasn't gotten enough credit. Two, Tannehill's raw athleticism hasn't gotten enough credit. And three, I, I would say the thing with Ryan Tannehill, and I'm actually going to use him as a comp for another quarterback in this yeah. draft in terms of play style, but I think the thing with Tannehill – is that, and I think even he separates himself a bit from Lance, is that Tannehill is an unbelievable down-the-field thrower. Like, the Tennessee Titans don't throw a lot of short passes. It's run with King Henry, and then they're going down the field, and Tannehill's ripping crossers to A.J. Brown and Corey Davis in stride. So Tannehill is a really, really good comp. Uh, Keith, we appreciate the donation. and, and Yes, Keith, Keith thank you. Appreciate that. I just don't want to stop people from talking, but thank you for the donations. I appreciate you as much. And Keith, Keith agreed with Vish's uh, Trey Lance, Steve McNair comp. And and that's the thing I like about these conversations, Jason, because I never thought Trey Lance as, as Ryan Tannehill. That, that's just not how my – as I said, I'm not very good at these comps. But now, the way you explain it, the way you said it, it's like, you know what? Yeah, I see it. I like it. Um, A-plus comp. I'm, I'm just going to like – Oh, there you go. See, as, that, that, wait that, that's a, my look, I'm so that's not, I don't think that's my hottest one yet, though, so let's keep going. <laughs> okay, uh, we are going to go to everybody's, you know, he, he's very polarizing on 49ers Twitter already, and he's not even a 49er yet. Uh, we're going to talk a little McCorkle Jones, uh, Mac Jones out of Alabama. Uh, Vish, who is your comp? Yeah, so 
This one, this is the one that I'm actually going to get pushback for. And it's okay. because when I say the comp, you're going to say, oh, you can't take that player at number three. No way, no way, no way. And that's where I want to say, well, the comp isn't what he's going to be. The comp mm-hmm. isn't how talented he is. It's just stylistically and physically who he reminds me of. And I think the seam, I think the perfect comp for uh, Mac Jones is Andy Dalton. And I think the reality of it is that we've put lofty comparisons for all of these quarterbacks, but the, they're probably not going to live up to those comparisons. So again, it's just a stylistic comparison. And I think the stylistic comparison is Andy Dalton, especially 2015 Andy Dalton when he had A.J. Green and Marvin Jones and Mo Sanu. If you want to go see what Andy Dalton did, he was an MVP candidate that year. Mm-hmm. And so don't hate on the Andy Dalton pick, but that's really who he reminds me of. And I think he's actually a bit more accurate than Andy Dalton. I know people have, I know I've seen some people question his placement. I personally thought his placement was really good. Um, I thought like, I think his processing sometimes gets a little overstated because the ad, he does like quickly decipher what the defense is doing and throw like understanding defensive backs, leverage, understanding safety rotations and throw. But a lot of his throws are kind of pre-processed in the sense that he does throw a lot of RPOs and there are a lot of screens. So there's not a lot of reading going on there because the offense is so good, but he was a phenomenal executor within that offense. I think his arm strength is similar to Andy Dalton. I think his body is really similar to Andy Dalton, actually. It might be the puffed-out shoulder pads, but Andy Dalton's a pretty well-put-together guy, and Mac Jones is reasonably well-put-together. I think he's actually more athletic than Andy Dalton, but I think that's probably the best comp. I've seen a little bit of Eli Manning. I just think Eli Manning... Uh, had a stronger arm and was just much less athletic than Mac Jones. So to me, Andy Dalton's the best comp. And one thing I did want to say about Andy Dalton's career and just quarterbacks in general, I'm going to take a mini tangent here. So please, uh, if you get upset with me, then I'm sorry. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, I've been thinking about this for a while, and I think our opinions of what a good quarterback is at this point have become kind of like, I, I don't think we know. Because oftentimes we judge these quarterbacks after one to two years in their career, and these phenomenal athletes are fantastic in one to two years of their career. But the reality of the situation is you don't want Carson Wentz. Like, yeah, the Eagles hit on Carson Wentz. He was an MVP candidate. You don't draft a guy number two overall to start four years for you and then go to another team. He better start for you for 10 years. And that's one thing about Andy Dalton. I want to say that for the Cincinnati Bengals, Andy Dalton started for seven or eight straight years. He he was their starter for 16 games. That's an impressive feat in the NFL. And if you draft a guy, if the Niners draft Mac Jones and he's able to start eight years for them, even if he never lives up to the billing of the number three overall pick or what they traded up for him, he is still a successful football player because starting seven, eight years as a quarterback in the NFL is extremely hard. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like that's the thing people forget like with Dalton just because he's 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 several years removed from how, you know, his his peak. He took a Bengals franchise that was historically pretty bad. Carson Palmer comes through, has a couple years of success, and the Bengals just kind of fall back into irrelevance. Andy Dalton gets drafted. And and you could pencil them them in for that Saturday morning ESPN playoff game every year. And and that's what Andy Dalton did and yeah, he didn't win a Super Bowl. He didn't have much playoff success. But you can't tell me that Andy Dalton wasn't a successful NFL player. And and I think mm-hmm. that's what the Niners want. Yes, Mac Jones isn't the sexiest pick at three. But if you get a guy who starts eight years and gets you consistently in the playoffs, yeah, maybe not worth the third pick. But you can't make an argument and say the Niners made a bad pick. I mean, and obviously that changes if, like, they skip on fields and fields goes on to be something amazing. Yeah, you can criticize that. 
and say, yeah, you missed out on fields, but you can't say Mac Jones by itself was a bad Look, pick. Here, here's my question, okay? And this is the question I'll ask for anybody who's doubting Mac Jones. And then, Jason, yeah. I'm sorry, you need to give your Mac Jones comp. No, 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 no. Here's, no. here's, here's, here's hey, my hey, thing, okay? Like, Jason, we've talked off air before. You know how much I love Kyler Murray. Like, I mm-hmm. love Kyler Murray. Here's the thing. There's some things with Kyler Murray about winning in the pocket where if he doesn't improve those things, Kyler Murray is so exciting right now. He just won rookie of the year. He's a hands-down slam dunk. Great pick for the Arizona Cardinals. Two or three years from now, I don't know if we'll be looking at it the same way because there might be limitations to his game that get exposed. And where I think with Mac Jones, where he would be a good pick is that, like, yeah, Justin Fields and Trey Lance, because of their raw athleticism, they might succeed year one and year two and be better than Mac Jones. I have no doubt about that. I think Mac Jones, even though he's – I think he's the most pro-ready in terms of being yeah. able to consume an NFL offense, in terms of being successful right away, I think he's going to have the least success because if you see a look you don't know on defense, guess what Mac Jones is going to have to do to learn it? He's going to have to throw an interception because he can't run out of it. He can't make a second reaction play. So the idea is that you hope that Fields and Lance, you know, just turn into – or I, I would say more so Lance because I really think Fields is pr- really good from the pocket. But um, you would hope they turn into Watson and Mahomes, right, where that development just happens naturally. And by year three, they're phenomenal in the pocket. They're phenomenal outside of the pocket. But the thing is that it doesn't always happen. You look at guys like Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Andy Dalton. These guys have started seven to eight years in the NFL consistently, 16 games by winning from the pocket and doing that consistently. So like Mac Jones, it might not be good, you know, year one and year two and John Fields might be great. But eight years from now, you might look at it and say, wow, Mac Jones started eight years in the NFL and he had a solid career from the pocket. And Justin Fields was so good for this short period of time. Well, I don't think that. Or Trey Lance was so good for this short period of time. And I don't think this is going to happen, but I'm just saying that. And like their careers didn't uh, end up that way. So I'm kind of at a point where as much as I love the uh, um, Kyler Murrays and all of that, and I think they're better, obviously, than Kirk Cousins right Maybe not Ryan Tannehill, but better than Kirk Cousins, I think he is, and I think he's better than uh, um, Derek Carr. It's where I, I'd like to make, before I make judgments on their careers, I'd like to wait five, six years because quarterback development isn't happening in this league. Yeah. And that's why Ryan Tannehill is going on a second team, and we're like, whoa, Ryan Tannehill is amazing. Yeah, he started eight years in the league. The game slowed down for him. Yeah, and, and I like I like what you say with him. Um being pro ready. My compare, my thing with him is out of the three guys the Niners can get, I definitely think that Mac has the highest floor, but he has the lowest ceiling. I, I think the other two, they can knock it out of the park. Mac is just a safe pick, and I don't, I like him at 12, not at three. Hey, Jason, how, who's your comp for Mac Jones? So I was looking at, some, I was looking at his film and I was thinking, okay, who does he remind me of? And I saw who he reminded me of and I was like, you know what, Jason, you're not right. That can't be right. But I want to read you this player and his comp and his draft profile, okay? Yeah. Accuracy. Can put the ball into tight windows even though he doesn't have the best zip on his passes. This person showed elite accuracy as a sophomore when he won the Heisman Trophy. Completed 67.6% of his passes during his career. Cool. Arm strength. Person's arm strength is good enough. He can't bomb passes like Jamarcus Russell, but it's good enough to complete deep outs. This person's arm is best suited for a West Coast scheme, but that's not to say he should exclusively play in that scheme. Decision making. Elite decision maker. Rarely threw the ball in the bad coverage. Does a really nice job anticipating routes and throwing it into the receiver's stride. Mechanics. Delivery is slightly similar of that of Phillip Rivers. That's not true. It's a little higher, but this person Looks like he likes to push the ball. Pocket awareness does a great job of feeling the blitz coming in on him. Tends to keep his feet planted and doesn't dance around in the pocket. 
size, optimal height. Final word, person's draft stock is going to ride on how well he tests during workouts. Do you guys want to know what player that is and how I got to that conclusion? The player's name is Sam Bradford. Don't go crazy. Listen to that and tell me yeah. that I didn't just read you Mac Jones' scouting report. Yeah. No, that tell was an unbelievable comp. That was a great tell me comp. I did, tell me I didn't just read Mac Jones' scouting report. I should have started it by reading that scouting report first. So you think I'm talking about Mac. But I see Sam Bradford. And that's not a knock on Mac Jones because Sam no. Bradford was a completion percentage king. Do you understand? In the middle of the field, all those same things apply to Mac Jones that you just said about Sam Bradford. It's the same thing. But is Sam Bradford worth pick number three? In hindsight, now that we know everything, after he went pick one? No. So what did I see? I was like, hey, man, he kind of looks like Sam Bradford. So I was like, let me just look up his profile. His profile is exactly the same thing. It's yeah. nothing different. Yeah, if I if I did that before Mac Jones and we knew we were talking about Mac Jones, you would have said, stop reading Mac Jones' scouting report. That's the comp for me. Now y'all can yell at me in the comments. No, <laughs> that's a great comp. Uh, I'll, I'll let Vish talk about it, but uh, I, you were listing the first few things, and I'm like, is he talking about Jameis? Is he talking about Jameis? And then, and then you said elite decision making on the field. I'm like, oh, he's not talking about Jameis. Uh, Vish, what, what, what do you think about the Bradford comp? I, I thought it was a good comp. I really, really did think it was a good comp. Um, uh, Bradford, I actually think Bradford was an okay player. Like, I think injuries really, really got to his career. But if you remember, that Rams team was terrible. And his rookie of the year, I, I think he won rookie of the year. And they went down to that final week on which terrible team could get into the playoffs, the Beastquake Seahawks or the uh, rookie Sam Bradford Rams. And he looked like a real promising player. Um, Yeah, I think that's a great comp. I would say the only – and yeah, I think that's a really good comp, actually. I like it a lot. And Sam Bradford's team in Oklahoma, if you remember the 2010 draft, Jay, the first four picks, how did they go? Sam Bradford went one, and Dominican Sue went two, Gerald McCoy from Oklahoma went three, and Trent Williams from Oklahoma went four. So he played on a loaded, loaded, loaded team in uh, Oklahoma. I'm going to try something here real quick. Vish, who were the top five picks in the 2007 NFL draft? Because you just uh, – how easily right, you pulled that Russell, off the- Jamarcus Russell went one. Calvin Johnson went two to the Detroit Lions. Can you give me who? What team was number three? Uh, I I didn't even pull was it up. Was it the I Chiefs? Just, uh, Tyson so Jamar- Jackson. It was uh, Cleveland at three. Oh, Cleveland at three was Joe Thomas. Tampa uh, Bay at four. Tampa Bay at four was Gaines Adams, right? Oh my God! And then Arizona at five. Arizona at five. Oh, this is. If he gets this one, I'm, 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 I'm retiring from this podcast. Don't do that. He's going to make that turn. 2007, pick five, the Arizona Cardinals. Give me a position. Give me a position. Tackle. Levi Brown. Levi God. Brown. Yeah. Oh, wow. Honestly, we, we might have just figured out an episode. We're just going to name drafts. We're just going to put five. Vish, we're just going to put Vish and just like, just like, yo, let's just throw this stuff out and just let him get to it. He's, he so easily named the 2010 top four. Do you, do you have it up, or did you just do that? No, I don't have it up. I just remember Steel it. Still trap. Listen, if you guys ever join a clubhouse with us, like if you're wondering how impressive like Vish is at just remembering things, just if Vish is on the clubhouse with us, just ask him, hey, Vish, rank your top quarterbacks, 
and he'll go like 30 deep. It's the same same list every time. He never mixes it up. Vish <laughs> has got it down. down. I have that one written down. Don't worry. I, but still, like, man, uh, I don't even think I could tell you who the top five of last year's draft was. Nope. <laughs> no, not even close. Um, number one. Burrow. Burrow. Oh, yeah, Burrow. Chase Young. Chase. Chase. Chase Young. Okay. Jeff Okuda. Keep going. Andrew Thomas. <laughs> Tua. Get Justin Tua. Herbert. Okay. Near right. Brown. Right. Isaiah right. Simmons. We got right. we get it. We get it. Who who was the who was the uh eighty seventh pick in last year's draft? No clue. No, uh, all, right. all right. So now the one everybody is probably here for. Uh Vish. And this will be the last one. Who is your Justin Fields comp? Yeah. So this is where the Tannehill comes in. I think it's okay. Cam Newton meets Ryan Tannehill meets Russell Wilson. That's the comp for me. I think in terms of being a quarterback that can move and the down-the-field accuracy, that's Russell wilson S. The play style in terms of being tough in the pocket and willing to stand in the pocket looking to throw the ball down the field, that's Ryan Tannehill. The downfield accuracy is Ryan Tannehill. And then the body and the running ability is Cam Newton all the way. Like, Justin Fields is yoked. Justin Fields and Trey Lance, I think that's part of the reason both Justin Fields and Trey Lance make Mac Jones look so bad because Mac Jones has got this dad bod, and Trey Lance and Justin Fields look like they spend all day in the gym. Like They got, like, they're built. Jeez. Like, it's sad because I'm also 21 years old, and, you know, I'm this skinny Indian guy in uh, Chicago, and these guys are just, like, absolutely put together at my age. So that's crazy to me. But, um, yeah, I think it's all three of those players. I think the I think offensively, like, I've seen a lot of Justin Fields doesn't fit the Shanahan offense, actually. I, I say BS to that. I think he fits the same way Trey Lance, I mean, fits the uh, Arthur Smith offense. I think that – um. Uh, Justin Fields fits the uh, Ryan Tannehill style, Arthur Smith style version of the Shanahan offense. Thank you, you, Tony, and I agree with that. And I don't even know who LeVar Burton is. LeVar Burton is from Reading Rainbow. You're very young, unfortunately. He was also on Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Take a look. All right, Bruce, thank you. Bruce, thank you for your your contribution as well. And Matt's got one more real quick. Uh Fields and Lance are superstars now. McCorkle's an out-of-shape slug. It's a no-brainer. This is Trubisky over Watson and more. And and I think he's right, absolutely. Thank you guys for the donations. But keep going, Vish. I'm sorry. Yeah, so it's – and I think that if you're asking for what version of the Shanahan offense, I think Mac Jones – excuse me, Justin Fields. Ooh, I read Mac Jones, but – Justin Fields fits in. It's it's an offense like that where you run, run, and yeah, okay. Justin Fields isn't the greatest in the screen game or the short throwing game. Don't ask him to do that. You have Brandon Ayuk, you have Debo Samuel, you have George Kittle. You're gonna be in 21 personnel, 22 personnel anyway, because you just gave a buttload of money to a fullback and Kyle Uzcheck. Run the ball a couple times with Mostert, play action and rip crossers with Justin Fields. Take rip posts with Justin Fields because Justin Fields down the field accuracy is insanely good. And so from that re- from that standpoint, to me, he's Cam Newton meets Russell Wilson meets Ryan Tannehill. Jason, before I get your Justin Fields comp, can you get just just to help Vish? Can you give me like a current actor comp to Lavar Burton? 
A current actor comes to LeVar Burton. This Sacramento legend LeVar Burton. He has a – there's like a walk of fame in Sacramento for like the seven famous people That's we've had. really hard to put me on the spot because he's so wholesome, right? And he still has the Star Trek The Next Generation in his background, Star Trek, right? yeah. Um, I just that, – that one's hard, man. Oh, my God. How are you going to put me on – forget the quarterbacks. This is the hard question. Who can you comp LeVar Burton to? Uh, I know Harvey, is he like, like a modern – is he Steve Harvey? Because Steve Harvey does Family Feud. No, LeVar, no, LeVar Burton. Yeah. He's oh, more right. wholesome. Well, so I know him as Reading Rainbow Guy. So right. that's why I love him. Like, I grew up with him. And, like, I just found out you're 21. So, like, that this it makes more sense. But, yeah, LeVar Burton, uh, Reading Rainbow, Star Trek. I know he's been in other things. Um, Jason, you're Justin Fields comp. I like that LeVar Burton thing. I'm going to come back to that. And I'm going to tweet about it, my LeVar Burton comp. Um, yes. So... Uh, when it comes to Justin Fields, I see the cam thing because of the size. I see a bigger, stronger, more accurate Dak Prescott okay. when I see him play. You know, when I see him move and the way he navigates the pocket, and Dak knows how to how to you know get yards down the field just like Fields will. He just got to you know stay away from taking those hits. But I see a lot of Dak in, as far as his accuracy to the levels and being able to hit those deep shots. And obviously, Fields has a better arm. Fields is stronger, you know. But Dak is tough, man. Dak takes hit takes hits, and he's a guy who's going to stand in there as well too. So there's nothing wrong with saying that. Justin Fields is a bigger, stronger Dak Prescott. I mean, I understand that comping anybody to a cowboy is sacrilege to some 49er fans, but if we're just being objective down the middle, when I see him roll out at times and some of those off-platform throws, sometimes you see Dak do that. He just doesn't have the arm that Fields does. He just is able to put it in a place where, you know, his guys can get it. So I see Dak when it comes to Fields. I know I've seen it in the comments and everything as well, too. I'm glad that other people believe that as well, too, so it's not something out of control. I really thought my Mac Jones one was going to, like, rip the, the earth, off, you know, open with that one. But but um, the Dak Prescott one, I feel like I'm kind of taking the easy way out here with this one. But I see a lot of fields with Dak. I see uh, just a stronger, uh, bigger Dak, you know, and, and somebody who can make more throws down the field. And which, you know, 49er fans, if you're getting that version of Dak Prescott, you should be really excited, honestly. Yeah, uh, he's a top 10 quarterback. Yeah. Um, and then pe- people were asking in the comments, and, and I'll touch on this. Uh, the the epilepsy thing that came out today, I I don't. That doesn't change my views on him whatsoever. We we've seen it's not like he just magically got you know I, I don't even know how to word it right, but it's not like he just started having epilepsy. You can't hide that he's likely had it. Yeah, like it, I don't think it's going to affect it. And honestly, my issue is is why does it even need to be put out there? Because the report was he's been telling teams, so this is something teams have known. I I don't. I'm personally not worried about it, uh, and I'm only touching on I, I wasn't even planning to talk on it. We got a lot of people asking about it. Um, that, that's my view on it. I don't, a, I don't even think it needs to be out there, and B, it, it shouldn't change anybody's opinion on it. No, and if you think if you think the 49ers didn't know, then I've I've got a, bri- yeah. a bridge to sell you. Um, you know, over you know in San Francisco, uh, it's it, how how would that slip through the cracks? Yeah. How how if anybody's doing these evaluations, and not only that. When you go to QB Collective, you have to sign some sort of waiver and put all your medical stuff down, right? You're a high school student at that point, you know, and that's not something that just sprung up. So how do you believe that not only forget the 49ers, that this is somehow earth shattering to NFL teams? I think it just begs the bigger point with what Andrew said. Why put this out publicly? Because it doesn't do anything, really. It just drives the narrative because I've seen people, well, he's got to be off the board now. You don't think that they knew that before? Come on. Like, that's that's not smart. I, I don't understand. I don't understand why it's out there at all. Like, unless Justin Fields 
puts it out there. I, I don't think these are things that you should be reporting about because these are mm-hmm. personal things. And that's where, like, at 21, like, as someone that's going to be entering the job market very soon, I'm getting, like, I've always hated the draft, and I've voiced my disdain for the draft to both of you quite a few times on Clubhouse and other places. But I'm getting more and more ticked off with the draft because I think it's really, really, really stupid. Like, these are personal things. Like, if I was entering the job force, I don't want people putting personal things about me to the public area. Oh, what harm does it do if Dan Orlovsky says Justin Fields has no work ethic and then comes back and says two people close to him says it's not true? Well, it's irresponsible. You're putting information about somebody, something that's personal about somebody in the public domain, and then you're basically allowing millions of people to question that about that person. Nobody should be questioning those type of things about any of these athletes because to make it to the NFL, they had to have a work ethic. We shouldn't yeah. be questioning this per, these personal things about them. So I, I, I don't I, I don't think it's fair that it's out there. I don't think these things should be out there about these people because I don't think unless they put it out there, like reporters, they shouldn't be their scoop. Mm-hmm. And, and Bruce, we'll, we'll we'll get to your question here in a second. The the, the thing's going to disappear from the screen. We're not going to forget. Not just, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that it was there. So mm-hmm, we yeah, we, we we're going to answer your question. Uh, who we think will draft Jason? And I we we we've said it. We'll, we'll say it again. But yeah, my issue is the way the tweet was written too. Uh, Rappaport tweets. You know, Justin Fields has confirmed to NFL teams the pre uh, during the pre-draft process that he's managing epilepsy, and it's like. NFL teams know already if he's telling them, why is this need to be put out there? And that's my thing. Vish made very good point making, you know, same thing pretty much. Like, why does this need to be out there? Uh, Jason, we're, we're going to wrap up here in a second. We're at about 50 minutes. Jason, I, I guess we'll say it now. Who's your opinion? Who's the pick at three? It's Justin Fields. It always has been. I'm not listening to anything else at this point because this is just my opinion because I have no insider info because guess what? Nobody else does. I don't care what Rich Eisen said he heard. I don't care what Miles Kuyper is mocking. I don't care about any of those things. You know why? Because nobody knows. All you're doing is speculating. So what am I going to do? I'm going to speculate. I'm going to speculate on the guy that I want who I believe is going to be with the highest ceiling, and that's Justin Fields. And you guys don't need to hear me go through the spiel again. I've done it so many times on this podcast. Vish, what about you? So obviously, who I wanted is Justin Fields. I, I still think it's going to be Mac Jones. I, I just think there's too much smoke around that fire. I, I don't know how Justin's. I mean, excuse me, Jason's been so fearless throughout this process, just absolutely telling any everybody with the utmost conviction that it's Justin Fields. I would like to say that I feel the same, but for me, for me, it just it feels a little bit Mac Jones. Like I, I cannot. It's my narrative. I, I, I cannot discount the fact that people that know Kyle Shanahan keep saying that, well, we think based on what we know about him that it's Justin Fields. And you can say, well, they don't have insider information. But if I know a guy for 20 years or if I've worked in a guy, with a guy in close proximity for two or three years, you kind of have a good feel for how they think and how they react. And so from that standpoint, I cannot put that speculation away. But I'm also kind of just – you know, putting a little jinx on this so that when I say it's Mac Jones and we get that big surprise that it's Justin Fields, it's going to be party time. Jinx aren't real. Uh, my pick is Justin Fields for the same reasons as Jason's. Because I, just, so, I think he's the pick. I think he has the best upside. I think I think if you add a little bit of – I just think he's a safer pick than Trey Lance. And I think Shanahan wants a quarterback who can move in the backfield. Um, Jason, I'm going to let you touch this one real quick, and, and, and we're going to yeah. wrap up here in a minute. Uh, yeah, there's one more. 
Ray, so, we, like, yeah, we will. Uh, Ray, yeah. uh, is I haven't seen this, so Jason. I'll let you touch it. Um, yeah. Is is it true John and Kyle are meeting with Trey Lance's parents? I, I they I have. Know. They have, but if anybody thinks that anything like that has to do with, you know, oh, they didn't meet with Justin Fields' parents, allow me to retort. Justin Fields' parents had to bring him to QB Collective. They've met his parents mm-hmm. many times. Don't need to do that. I'll tell you who they didn't meet with, if you want to put your tinfoil hat on. They never met with Matt Jones' parents. Go ahead, Don't Vish. seem like – yeah, go ahead. Uh, does, Vish, does, Vish, what do you think? Does it mean anything? Like, yeah, I think it just it's just another thing. Like, uh, unfortunately, we don't get to know whose parents they do meet with and whose don't. They could have met with Mac Jones' parents, and we just didn't hear about it. Unfortunately, we don't know. And I'll say that when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in Cleveland, he, he met with Jimmy Garoppolo's family, I'm pretty sure, and he took them all out for dinner, and he had a, spent a lot of time with Jimmy Garoppolo, and Garoppolo wasn't the pick. Now, Shanahan wasn't in charge of making the pick, so it's not a perfect comparison. I'm just going to say don't read in to stuff like this too much. No, yeah. Everything's a smoke screen, and Jamal makes a good point. I'm starting to think the league is scared of Shanahan getting his hands on fields, so they want to dampen his draft side, and, and things will make sense like that. Everything's a smoke screen at this point, and, and, and it's going to be until Thursday. Vish raising his hand once yes. again, so one last point before we wrap up here, Vish. Because I, I have a good comp now. It just came to me. Who did they wine and dine in 2017, Jason? Which Quinn quarterback? Oh, uh, Mitch Trubisky. No? Deshaun Kaiser. John Lynch went to his pro day. John Lynch had a meal with him. All of those things. I'm sure John Lynch met his parents. So there you go. There you go. So, Vish, Vish, we appreciate you. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you next time on the clubhouse. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Thank you for having me. This was – I can now check this off my bucket list. Sprint right podcast. I, I've been on with Jason Aponte before, but I, I this is the first time I got to come on with the real star, and that's Andrew Pasquini, uh, future you. NFL quarterback and uh, future, future quarterback. Yeah. radio host. I was going to say, per sources, Kyle Shanahan met with my parents um, last week. That's not true, but per sources. Thank you, John. I appreciate that, John. Appreciate it, John. Jason, do you have any last words before before we get out of here? Um, no, uh, just this last one from Keith. Does his epilepsy announcement affect anything for Justin Fields? I don't believe it does. No, no not at all. It, it's something he's dealt with. It's not like it's new. Um, all right, Vish, once again, um, thank you. We, we really appreciate you, man. You're, you're one of my favorite people to talk to, 49ers football. Uh, two quick things before we leave. Um, a, Looking forward to next week uh, with the draft. We're going to have a live draft show. Uh, maybe some extra content in between. I don't know. That's a tease. Um, and second, uh, we are wrapping up right now. We have about 30 seconds left. Go, go to your Twitter machine. Type in at 49kpod. They are currently live as well. Angie and Steph, they have Javi Vega on. Go check out that show. Uh, they're, they're, they're great. They're amazing. Go follow their page, 49 Carrots Podcast. Uh, they're, they're still live right now. They're still pumping. So if you want some 49er content, go that way. Uh, Jason, any last words? Uh, you know the last words. We'll see you guys next week. And as always, let's go Niners. Let's go Niners. And the Yankees are still losing. Oh, my God. Oh.